listening to the Elim Church Northampton podcast. This message was recorded live as part of our regular Sunday service. We know that this is a great investment into your life. So tune in and give it a listen. For more information, visit elimnorthampton.com. Amen, guys. Amen. Thank you so much. Come on, yeah, let's thank our worship team today and everyone else that's serving this morning. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Everybody okay? That's really, really good. Just to, to pray, pray for our youth right now. We had a rocky start yesterday with the weather, but I know it's finding up now, so please pray for them and our volunteer team that's gone. Also, we'll give you some more update regards to the building. We're just waiting back for a couple more quotes for some work that needs to be done and also some legal things that need to be signed. So hopefully next Sunday we can give you some more news and then we can begin to think about praying for change of you. So we'll give you an update next week we just want to get some facts in so keep praying and uh, thank you so much for those that are still giving to the building fund please continue to do that as the Lord leads you um, just before I go into the message today this week uh, the song turn it around has been going on my mind for a while but the echo of that song turn it around and what we're doing we're asking God to turn things around aren't we when we sing the song, this is a move, when you know, miracles happen when, when God begins to move. And so that is right. We, we want God to turn things around. And sometimes uh, when everything else runs out in our life, when every other option doesn't work, then God has to step in and will step in to turn things around. And that song is a good song, a right song. But this week, there's been an echo in my mind a little prompting in my heart just to maybe share a word of maybe knowledge, wisdom, I don't know what it is, but I just felt the, the, the Holy Spirit in that song say today, you just need to tell some people here today and those online that, that even though that they're singing the song and praying for God to turn it around, there is a couple of people, a few people that have to make that decision for them to turn things around. There are some people in here or online that are waiting for God to do something which you can do yourself. And so whatever it is in your life, practical decision making, whatever it is, there are some things in your life that's not going to turn around it until you make those choices to turn those things around. God is not going to step in to those things that you have the authority and the will to make those changes. So I'm going to pray for the, whoever you are in this place, whatever it may be in your life, your responsibility. And there's some things that, that God is asking you to do, responsibility is asking you to do, and it's in your power for you to make those changes. Then God is saying, you move, you turn it around, and I begin to move after that. So Father... I pray for whoever that is in today in this building or those online, that Lord, there are things in their life that they write choices, write decision making, things that they have in their power to turn around. And so I pray right now as you speak to them, they will take responsibility and lean into your word and make those right decisions, right choices, and right responsibilities to bring in your purpose and your will over their lives. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to read to you um, chapter 10 of the book of Acts. If you've got a phone or a Bible, please turn to that. If you can't see it, it's not going to come on the screen, because I want you to begin to not just rely on the preacher's uh, points on the sermon. I want you to get into the Bible that, you know, today, in, in, when we first became Christians, everybody bought a paper Bible to church. Do you remember those days? Some of you can't even remember what paper Bibles look like. So now we bring Bibles on our phones and iPads, and that's cool. As long as we're reading the Bible, it's really important. So don't, let's not get used to coming to church without our weapon, which is our, our word. And so if you haven't come with it today, no problem. But please make sure you go home and you begin to read the Word of God for yourself because that's where you'll get to know God more, get to know his will, his purposes, and also faith comes by hearing the word of God. So let me read to you from uh, 
chapter 10 in Acts, uh, Luke, the apostle, the, the writer of the book of Luke in the Gospels, was a doctor, a Gentile, and he also wrote the book of Acts. He writes the book of Acts to give us an historical account of the early church. And so we come to uh, chapter 10. There was no chapters built in the writings, so to help us understand the people that, that translated the scriptures put in chapters. So in the original, there was no chapters. It was all one book. And so to help us, the title in chapter 10 in many of your versions is called Cornelius Calls for Peter. So let us read this passage. Let me read it to you as best as I can. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and your gifts to the poor I've come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send some men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and the devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that happened and he sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to the earth by its four corners. It contains all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back into heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent from Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon was known as Peter who was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up. And go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. <clears throat> Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God fearing man who was respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him and asked for you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited them in to the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived at Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them, and he called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. While talking to him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that this is against our law for a Jew to associate with, with, with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I shall not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you have sent for me. Cornelius answered, three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon and suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, 
God has heard your prayers and remembers your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout the province of Judah, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism of John preached, how, good, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in this country, of the Jews in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one who God appointed as judge for the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they had heard him speaking in tongues. They heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized in water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Father, we thank you for your word to us today. And we pray that you would speak to us again, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know, let me encourage you to read the Bible and to read the, the if you can read chapters, that is an amazing chapter. Chapter 10 of Acts was a really, really massive important for the church. It was really important that Peter heard the voice of God and Peter actually obeyed the voice of God. If Peter would somehow have resisted the, the voice of God, I, I'm not sure how effective the gospel would have continued to our lives because this was the gateway where God wanted to fulfill his vision and his purpose through the apostles and his purpose was to reach all people with the good news of Jesus Christ. And so, as I was preparing this message, which came from a seminar from um, our leaders' zone meeting that our regional leader puts on, where it's just for pastors, where a guest speaker came, and she spoke from Acts chapter 10, and the, and the, the theme was how to hear God's voice. And I thought that was so important. That's what I wanted to bring to you today. And I'm going to bring three of those points to us today. But this morning when I got up just thinking about this whole message, I just felt the Holy Spirit prompt me to add some things to it to remind us of the main purpose why it was so important, first of all, for Peter to hear God's voice and for him to respond to God's voice. What was the whole reason why Peter really needed to hear God and also to respond to his voice. It was very challenging for Peter to listen to what God was asking him to do. And I'll tell you why as we go through the story. But also Peter realized this was God and he had to respond to the voice of God. And so when you think about the history of the church, when you think about the challenge that was on Peter's life at that moment because of his initial context of ministry and his mindset of what God came to do. He was still working it out in his life about the full purpose of God. And sometimes in our life, we can't fully understand what God is doing. But as we go and as we continue to serve, God reveals things to us to make things a bit more clearer for us. And so the church was burst with thousands of Jews coming to faith on the day of Pentecost. 
And so the, the church begin to worship as you read the, the history in the book of Acts that they worshipped in the temple gathering. Then they went to house to house and they began to share possessions. They prayed together. They broke bread together. And that's amazing, isn't it, what we can see the early church doing? But the, the majority of believers were Jewish people. People also were converted into Judaism. So, but the promise of God was like, you'll be my witness in Jerusalem. But then it would go to Samaria, Judea, Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. So the book of Acts is actually trying to show us the fulfillment of the Holy Spirit working through the early church to fulfill God's mission. And Acts 10 is a pivotal point where God wants to break through just ministering just to Jews and just to a few Samaritans to push that gate wide open to reach the Gentiles, which would mean me and you included in the plan of God. And so we can see the early church having meetings and sharing together. It was amazing fellowship. God was moving, great worship meetings. But then persecution hit the church. And persecution didn't stop the church from growing. It actually pressed them into pressing more into God. And this is as they went, as they were scattered, they continued to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And then we see Philip. Philip, who was a deacon in the beginning of Acts, waiting on tables, pastoral care for the, for the widows. We see him now being moved by the Holy Spirit into Samaria, where signs and wonders and miracles were happening with the power of God. And many people were touched by his presence and come to faith in Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, right, Philip, I want you to leave the revival. I want you to go to a desert road where I'm going to lead you to one man, an Ethiopian eunuch. Where then he then led him to Jesus, baptized him, and he sent him on his way, where the mission began to, to, to be proclaimed in Africa. And so we can see the gospel and God's plan being fulfilled through the early church. And so we can see this happening through the, 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 the people of God in the New Testament. And at the same time, this was happening before we get to chapter 10, that the God has got a plan working on this man called Saul who was killing the church and, and his mission was to persecute the church and he was on his journey from the road to Damascus looking to get Christians and throw them in prison. And then what happens? Jesus appears to him, encounters him, knocks him off his horse and blinds him for three days. And Peter put at Saul as an amazing encounter of Jesus and now becomes one of the greatest apostles of the New Testament, serving God and preaching specifically to the Gentiles. His call was to the Gentile people, even though he was a Pharisee, even though he was learned in Judaism, God encountered him going to persecute the church and now he's going to give his life for the church. This is an amazing story what happens and at the same time God is working and planning ready for Paul to do an amazing ministry. He's now speaking to Peter whose ministry was to the Jews, another uh, pillar of the church, an apostle. And so he has a vision. It's, a, it's an amazing encounter when we talk about that God speaks to us today. He, he does speak to us very clearly in our lives. But we, we want to look at the purpose of this. Why was it that God was speaking? Why is God speaking to us today? And so when we look at the, the whole scenario of this background and we see the Apostle Paul now getting saved and going to Tarsus and then we hear Barnabas, who is in Jerusalem. The, this is where the base was for the apostles. And they heard about God moving in Antioch with the Gentiles because Peter was open to the voice of God to know that God just didn't want to minister to one set of people, but to every nation and every background. And so Peter was obedient and Barnabas went to have a look to, from Jerusalem and he went to Antioch and he saw the grace of God moving in the Greeks and so he went to, to Tarsus, he got the Apostle Paul, he found him and he brought him back to Antioch there for a year teaching the good news to these people and it was there where the church, the Christians were first called Christians in Antioch. And all because Peter and Paul had an encounter with God that they could hear God so they could move into the purpose of God in their lives. And so before I go into the, how we can somehow discern hearing God for our lives, what was the purpose behind that? Why did God speak and why do we have to hear? Because the truth is that the mission has not changed today. 
When, when God speaks to us in our mission, whatever it is in your unique purpose in our lives as a church, God's plan is always his heart to reach as many people as possible. And so for our, for our church gatherings and for us as Christians that we love our meetings and we love to have great worship and great fellowship, we want those spaces. But God's heart is always for God to move beyond our comfort, beyond our blessings so he can touch people that doesn't know him. And if a church stops, stops just at those things that just gives us comfort and gives us encouragement and gives us a, you know, a pep for the week, then, then God wants to shake us and speak to us and move us so we can fulfill his mission throughout the world. And so when you look at the Apostle Paul, when he encounters God, and I'll talk about Peter's encounter in a minute, that the Apostle Paul encounters God in, in the book of Romans. He gets the whole picture. He understands now the message that the gospel is not only for the Jews, but it's also for the Gentiles. It is always God's plan to reach out to people and to make them one people. Whether they're Jews, Greeks, Gentiles, God is after everyone. God, God so loved the world that he saved. He went to die for everyone. And we can't just stop with our own comfort and our own cliques and, and just think God just for one people. There are so many people just in Northampton that doesn't even know Jesus. And as a church, we are commissioned to get this message not only for us in this room that encourages and strengthens us, but we need to take this message beyond this room to a world that doesn't know him. And I want to bring us back our main purpose that God's plan has not changed today. There are a mission of God for us is that we need to reach people that he is Lord. You know, when they come to faith in Christ, it's on two things, that they believe that he was Lord and they believe that he was raised from the dead. And when you put your trust in Jesus on those two basic things, a miracle happens by the Holy Spirit. That we come into a relationship with God where we can now walk with him and hear him, but we are saved for a purpose. And that purpose isn't just to sit on Sunday in church to hear a message that's only a part of what we do as Christians. But we are to bring the life and the message to the world that we leave on Sunday to your home, to, to your workplace, to your mission field where God has sent you, to be light and salt because I can't go to those places but you are already there and God has commissioned you with the great commission to be light and salt in our lives. Romans 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you, are, that you, are, uh, that you believe and are justified and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And the scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can I remind you, church, that your life saved by the grace of God has been commissioned for a mission for Jesus. It's great that we're praying for breakthrough in our personal lives. It's great that we want God to turn things around in our finances, in our businesses, in our families, and our friends. But your mandate from God is that he wants to use you so you can declare the good news of Jesus to everywhere you go in your life. That is your mission. That's our mission as a corporate church, but it's also our individual mission when we leave here. We don't leave Jesus in this room. We are filled with the Spirit to go wherever you are placed tomorrow, Monday morning, so you can be a witness in that place for Christ. Now, you don't have to always give them the three-point sermon, but you can be a witness by word and deed. You can show them that you belong to Jesus by being different, by, by working the best in that room, by, be, by making your work ethic so good for that company that you will stand out. You don't have to preach a word. You just live it. You just turn up on time. You're there early and you leave a little bit later. You're leaving a good example, simple things to be a witness. And then when the opportunity comes, you're a listening ear, not to gossip, but to those in your circle who have needs in their life. Well, you can pray for them and you can say, I'm here if you need to talk because I have a God that is, is amazing that can turn things around. 
And the problem is in our life as a church that we, 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 we sing the songs that God can turn it around and he can. And the reason why he can is so you can help other people that doesn't know him so their lives can be turned around. And the thing is that the mistake is that in church life we just think it's about this and about the one person and the few people in the ministry team that makes it all happen. But you are on mission. You have a responsibility. You have a good news to share with people in your world. And I want to tell you that you're probably the only person in that environment that can share and be Jesus in that environment of your life. And so I want to help you why God wants to do that. Because that's his heart. That's his mission. God's plan has not changed. The church is still his A plan. You see, consequently, Romans, Paul says, faith comes by hearing and hearing the message, the message about Christ. And then Paul goes on to say this, which is a word for us all today. This is about our mission as a church. We thank God for the new adventure that's hopefully coming. We thank God for the new premises. But the premises is not going to get the mission done. It's the people in the premises. Because they're the church. You know, when we say, well, what are we going to do when we get there? What are you going to do now? We don't need a building to be a witness. But the building will be a tool to help us make the witness more effective. And so I want you to know that the building's not going to solve our mission. It's going to be a part of a vessel and a tool to help launch us, platform a, a stepping stone so we can be more effective in our world. And so please don't get your head around that a new building, the new premise is going to solve the fulfillment of God. It's you and me that have to be totally sold out to be missionaries on purpose with the good news of Jesus to the people that don't know him in your home in your workplace, in your street. Don't leave your ministry in the church. You have a mission to the world. And so our church, our purpose, we exist. Please listen. We exist to carry the good news to a world that doesn't know Jesus. That's bottom line. And you know, thank God for the building that God will give us if it comes. Thank God for that. But it's a vessel, a tool. God is not really bothered about buildings, even though he's bothered. He's bothered about people. And so I, I hope that as a church, we just don't want a building so it's easier to get to church on Sunday because we don't have to pay a parking ticket. Come on. Because I wonder why, why what we're doing, if that's the case, when there is people in the world walking two days on foot to get to a church meeting. And we complain because we've got to pay 190 for an hour so we can come and worship Jesus. And then we ask God for revival. It's not going to happen. And I want to say, Lord, if you're going to give us something, we're not giving it so we can just be comfortable. Because I want to say, if God gives us this land, it means that we have a mission far bigger than just a few people can carry. And our prayer is that everybody has to be all in to say, God, use me. So it's okay, God, Peter says, okay, use me. So God speaks to him. He says, right, Peter, I'm going to mess your theology up now. Because I have a world bigger than your world and the people I want to reach. And so thank God for our premises that we can have easy parking to the door. Thank God for our premises that there'll be amazing space that we can have cups of tea and fellowship after. But if that's all it is, if that's all it is, God's saying, I want that for my people, but I want that for the people that doesn't even know me yet. And we have to think bigger than just our comfort we have to think bigger than just my little will for my life. No, this is a bigger picture. This is about hundreds and thousands of people, generation after generation, that we are moving into a space for people that doesn't even know Christ yet, and we have to be on mission for a purpose. And God is going to call us all to account because his plan's not changed, that we are his ambassadors, as though we were speaking the very words of God that's what Paul says. You are now Christ's ambassadors. 
as if God was entrusting you with the very message of salvation. And so I want to say to you that we have to be on mission, that our goal is is that that we don't just come so we can feel less guilty because we've come to church, but we come with a passion that we can hear from God so we can get out and we can be more effective in our homes as husbands and wives and, and parents, that we can be more effective with our neighbors, that we can love those who persecute us, we can show kindness to those we don't even like, we can be salt and light in our workplace, that the main um, the main key of our lives is that we wake up with the mission of God, not just a business plan for our life. See, we've got the thing, the church all the way around. We've got God all, way, all wrong, as if he's there to actually just help me in my project. No, we are saved to help God in his project. Seek first his kingdom. His kingdom has to come first. It's not your building projects, not your plan or your business plan. It's his plan first, and then everything else will be added to you. He has to come first, his mission. And so he's saying, come on, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Now, how can anyone preach Unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Paul is saying, do you know that you have good news? You are a delivery person for Jesus. And our job as the fivefold ministry, the gifts to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, evangelist, and whatever the other one or two is, together, They are there for one purpose, to equip you for works of ministry. So you're on mission when you leave here. And this is where you get encouraged and strengthened and challenged for God to encourage, strengthen you and So you can stand to know that when you leave here, it's not just about your career, even though it's important. It's about your purpose. And your purpose is his mission. That there are people out there that you know and some you don't know that is going to a lost eternity if they don't find the hope that you found. That's bottom line. And the world's in a mess. And it's going darker. But the darker it is, we shine brighter. If only we would come out of the closet of hiding Christianity when we leave church. If only we'd live it a little bit better. And tell people how much God means to us. And how much they mean to him. And offer the little bit that you know about him. What he's done for you, they can also do for them. And so I want to tell you how important it is. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Who's he committed the message to? Us. That's the body of Christ. That's everyone that says, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I've given my life to Jesus. He's commissioned you with a mission, not just a ministry. The ministry is to the body. You have a mission to the world. That you can be salt and light. That you're God's answer to the crisis that lives next door to you. And we have to get our minds open to the gospel that God is going to bless you so you can be a blessing. If God's going to give us this building, it's not just so we can have a comfort party. And we will celebrate and we will have good times and we'll have lots of coffee and tea. But only so we can then open our gates to those that don't know Jesus. And it's not all about the venue. Because when you leave that venue, you'll be on mission for God. Because everything that God has for Elam Church and Abandon cannot be wrapped up in any one building. Because you are the building of God. And wherever God's placed you, that's your mission. As well as your ministry as we come together on this new adventure. 
And so he was not counting their sins against them. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Yes, you have a ministry in the body. Have you found it yet? Have you found where your ministry is in the body? Start serving somewhere. Do something for someone that's in Christ already. It's like this is our practice base of serving. Use your gift that God's given you so you can build one another up. What for? So we can just do what we want. No, so you can be strong in seeking God for your purpose when you leave our gatherings. What's your ministry to the body? Serve somewhere. There's loads of opportunities. Say, I'll get involved. I can smile. I can welcome people. Start somewhere. So you can start showing that you love other people, especially the brothers and sisters that come together here and the new guests that will come in. Start with a ministry in the church, but it doesn't stop there because once you leave a corporate setting, once you leave fellowship, once you leave our gatherings, you are then on mission. You are on mission to your world, the world where God has placed you. And you take everything that you've learned on Sundays and Wednesdays and all the prayer meetings and all the gatherings and all the encouragement, you take all that so when you go into a heathen world where nobody talks about Christ, nobody's living for Christ, and the only Christian in that environment is you. And you have to then really put your Christianity into practice and practice what we preach and worship and be light and salt, and just start off by being nice. That's a good start, isn't it? That's a good start. Aren't they nice? I'm so glad they're a part of our team. I'm so glad they've joined this business. I'm so glad that that we've assigned that person. There's just something about them that's different. That's all it takes. You don't have to go in with a new King James Bible, stand on the table and preach. They're going to hell. You don't have to do that the first day. Because if you do that, everybody's going to ignore you. Just be like Jesus. Because sinners love being around him. They love being around him. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters. Your young men and your old men. Your young women and your old women. Even on my servants, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. It was always God's intention to use his creation, male and female, to carry the good news of Jesus to the world. That's always God's plan. And he's still fighting to get through some men's mentality that God can't use women. Come on, ladies, you should back me up in this one. God is still trying to get through religious people's brains that that how can God use women? Let me tell you, if it wasn't for the women, the church would be in a mess. So gentlemen, we need to rise up. How is it that only the ladies clap then? And because I can't see you, I can't really know that was true. But I don't know what it is, but guys, if there's ever a time that you need to stand up and give yourself to God wholeheartedly, is now. It's now. Stop living for your own agenda and your own career and start saying, I'm going to put you first and the career comes after that. Now take responsibility of your family. Make sure you do what you can. Be responsible for your kids and your wife and everything else if you're married. But let me tell you, please make sure if you're a follower of Jesus that he is number one in your life. That you live for him and everything else will all fall into place. 
that he comes number one, your passion for him, and everything will flow out of that. Let me tell you, your marriage will be better, your generosity will be better, your business plan will be better. Everything flows out of your relationship with putting him first in your life. And together, male, female, young, old, Jew, Gentile, Greek, together, we can carry this message to a world that doesn't know him. And we've got to begin to move out of the way all the obstructions, all the religious things that blocks our way from God moving and stop being a stumbling block and be a stepping stone that God can bring an answer to his world. And I'm going to preach next week the message that I was going to bring of how to hear God. But let me tell you, Peter in his Jewish mindset, if he didn't get that vision from God and a trance and an angel and a voice and understood that God was up to something, he could have been a stumbling block for God's power working through him to thousands and millions of Gentiles. And that's why we have to be able to hear God's voice because he'll break down our prejudice. He'll break down our barriers. All the reason why to get to people that doesn't know him. Anything that gets in the way of getting to know people, of God using people, male and female, to get this good news out to a world that's dying, God will break everything down to get his purpose out through the church. And we have to be on our guard. And we've got to watch out from those who try and kill the life of God in people's gifts and abilities. Because we're not going to stand for that. We're going to release, as the Bible says, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Come on, all of you in this room, whatever your background, whatever your gender right now, male or female, I want to tell you, God can use you. God can call you to be any of the fivefold ministry. God is not restricted to male or female in doing anything in the kingdom of God for him. He will raise up leaders, elders, prophets, evangelists, and they can be both male and female with the power of God in them. They can be the best preachers. They can heal people. They can have miracle workers. And it doesn't restrict from where you've come from. Come on. As Paul would say, not many of you were chosen. Not many of you are from great backgrounds, but God chose the foolish of the things of the world to confound the wise. God is looking for availability, not perfection. God is looking for someone that says, Lord, here I am. I'll hear your voice, whatever you say, even though it, doesn't, it messes up my theology, I'm going to obey you. And I'll talk about how it messed up Peter's theology when God said to him, everything that you see you need to eat and don't call it unclean. That messed him up. But it helped him as he submitted his life to Jesus. And he carried the good news to a place they would never have gone the day before, to a Gentile house. And the Holy Spirit that fell on Peter and the rest of the 3,000 on the day of Pentecost fell in that house of a Roman centurion. The move of God at work. Stand with me. So, how are we going to end the meeting today? Because I can't see anybody in the room. I'll tell you how we're going to end the meeting. I'm going to end the meeting by recommissioning you God's agenda for your life. His agenda for all of us, me as well. Me, Linda, the senior minister, we are not excluded from when I leave here, I'm on mission. And I might not do this to my neighbours, what I'm doing today. Because this is for the body. The believers. But when I go home and our, our neighbours are there and, and they need some help, we're here. We'll take your parcel that Amazon couldn't deliver. We'll make sure you get it back in one piece. It's simple, isn't it? That they can trust us with their delivery. It's called being a witness. Everyone lift your hands to the Lord, please. Everyone in this room, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for your serving. But I want you to know when you put down your ministry gifts 
and you leave church today, this building, you're on mission. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Where? Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always into the very end of the age. Father, I pray right now that as a church, as we are getting ready to step into a new season, a new chapter, that Lord, we'd also understand the responsibility that follows your purpose. That every single one in this room, if they know Jesus Christ as their Saviour, are on mission for Him in their different gifts and abilities and availabilities. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to them just as you spoke to Peter and that you remind them of the call and the purpose on their life and why they exist in your kingdom. That your purpose over their lives is still the Great Commission. It's still that you've called us all to be witnesses. And Lord, as we go filled with the power of the Spirit, Lord, we'll take your kindness and your goodness and your wisdom and your healing. Lord, to those that don't know you, help us, God, to carry the good news of Jesus back into our homes, back into our neighbourhood, back into our work tomorrow, back where you place us, God, that we have the hope of the world. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the Lord of all who died and rose again that those who would believe in him by faith would receive eternal life and as I close right now if you are in here and you're online and you have never made that step of faith to enter the kingdom and to know this Jesus that offers you forgiveness of sins that in the context of this room and online I'm going to speak into your life with the good news of Jesus because as the gospel, listen, as the gospel, as the good news is shared, faith arises. An atmosphere comes where there's a response of a miracle if somebody will believe and trust and accept Christ into the heart by faith. A miracle happens. Salvation comes. Forgiveness comes. And if you're in this room and you have come to church or maybe it's your first time and you've never ever given your life to Jesus, you've never even heard that he came to die for you on the cross and take your place of judgment, that he is God, Lord of all. When he died on the cross, he was raised from the dead and overcame death and hell. And his sacrifice was acceptable for his father in place of you. And if you would trust in Him, then you will receive forgiveness right now from the inside out. God will wash you clean and give you a brand new start and into a new relationship with Him where you can hear God and you can speak to Him. And on top of that, there will be an assurance of eternal life that whatever happens to you on this earth, you will not die but live. God will raise us back to life we live forever with him within his presence and you'll no longer be under judgment because Jesus Christ took it on the cross for you and if you're here today and you say I just don't know what's going on in my heart right now but you need to respond by faith not by works there's nothing that you can bring to receive this forgiveness all you've got to do is believe in him that did the work for you on the cross. And if that's you today online, in this room, then you can pray sincerely from your heart and you can say yes to Jesus and you can cross over from death to life. 
and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and release you of all your sins and give you peace and purpose and security that you've never ever experienced before in your life. This is the news that we carry today. And so if you're here today and you want to say, I want to say a prayer from my heart, I want to put my trust in Jesus, then you can do that very simply because the gospel has already been preached. That Jesus is Lord and he died and he rose again for your sins. That anyone who puts their trust in him will be saved. Will be saved. So you pray this prayer from your heart with me right now. And those online, maybe sat in your living room right now, never ever prayed this prayer, never heard that Jesus loves you, never heard that he came to bring you good news in a bad world, then he's come for you too. So good the gospel goes beyond our race. So God that God came for the world. Wherever you are in this room and online, you can pray this in your heart. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are Lord. And I believe that you were raised from the dead. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. From this moment, I put my trust in you. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me a brand new start Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean. From this moment, I put my life into your hands and I trust you. I thank you for the gift of eternal life. I receive it now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for anyone in this room that's prayed that and online. I ask your Holy Spirit that you would do only what you can do right now that you bring regeneration and clarification. And if you're in this room and you said, I meant that for the first time, we have some literature on our info point, please take it or tell somebody that you've come with that for the first time, I've accepted Jesus in my heart and life. So Father, I pray right now, as we come to a close, I pray for everyone in this room that knows Jesus. I ask you, God, to speak afresh into the heart to know that, Lord, they're a mission from you. The minute they leave this place, they're on mission for you. Thank you, Lord, that you would consider us to be used for your glory. Thank you, Lord, that you would entrust us with this amazing message, the amazing good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, would you help this church, our church, Elam, Northampton, to be carriers of the best news anyone could ever receive. Lord, would you help us reach those that do not know you? In Jesus' name, all God's people said, come on, let's thank the Lord.